Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast where we're talking about the myths, the misconceptions, and the most asked questions about sex trafficking. I am not your host, Adam Cheney. He is out today. So my name is Sam Hernandez. You've probably seen me on the podcast before, mobilization director with Elijah Rising, and I'm so honored to be joined by our communications director, David Gamboa. Glad to be on the show, finally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've been on one. Before. Yeah, you've been on one before. <laughs> David is always usually behind the camera, and who's behind the camera today? No one. No one. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is guiding us. We have pressed the record button and we're going. Um, today's episode is all about, you found out about sex trafficking, now what? Because we realized that recently there's been this huge spike um, in stories, attention, awareness about sex trafficking, which is always great. But it kind of leaves people wondering, what next? So we want to kind of walk through that process and also share, you've heard my story, but kind of how David got involved with sex trafficking. What was your first, what was the first time that you heard about this issue? So the first time I heard about sex trafficking was at an Elijah Rising event. So I was a youth pastor in Sugarland, and I had had like student after student come to me and tell me about how they were addicted to pornography. And they were sharing like they were, you know, on these video games and like ads would pop up that would lead them to porn sites. And so I was like, how, do, how can I help them? And I think one of the websites I stumbled across was Fight the New Drug. And um, I began to kind of look for some sort of local connections so I can maybe, you know, provide some resources. Found Elijah Rising mm -hmm. and came to the museum. And I was like, what? How have, how have I not known about this? Right, right. And like, how do I know this is not going on in my city, basically? And so that kind of started my journey into anti-trafficking work. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I, at the time, was working for Elijah Rising since right out of college, and I remember um, meeting David at our, like, college freshman welcome days, and yeah. um, he didn't end up going to HP. <laughs> <laughs> Too expensive. Too expensive, so he came and then he left, but we had made, we, I guess we were Facebook friends for, for some yeah. reason. I don't even remember talking yeah, to you. Yeah, we became Facebook yeah. friends. And... and um. I just remember one day he called. He's like, hi, my name's David. And he's and I said, oh, this is Sam. How can I help you? If, if you called Elijah Rising, you've probably heard that. Hey, this is Sam and Elijah Rising. How can I help you? Um, <laughs> and we realized that we had had a connection before with school. And um, you actually hosted a nefarious screening for your church at a movie theater, which was really cool. Um, yeah. It was interesting because I remember coming to meet you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted my whole idea was like, I'm going to get my church involved we're going to, I don't know, begin to go into these brothels and begin to help people. And, and I remember telling you like, Hey, I want to, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do stuff. And you were like, well, let's just pray about, <laughs> Yeah, that's let's just pray. And so I think that's for, for when people are thinking like, okay, what's my next step? I've learned about trafficking. Like one of the most overlooked first steps is prayer. Yes. And People may be frustrated with me because I really beat that as a, I mean, I really kind of appear to people to be a roadblock um, because I say, hey, let's slow down. Let's wait. Because the first step is prayer. And there's multiple reasons why the first step is prayer. Um, number one, experience for us. It's just what has worked for us. But also we find that if you 
that this issue brings up a lot of emotion. It yeah. triggers a lot of personal issues. And sometimes your first response can be very reactive, um, which is sometimes appropriate. Like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be, and it's actually good to be, we should be angered by this. But a lot of times we have unhealthy coping, unhealthy ways of responding through anger um, that we find that prayer can be a place to be like, okay, Lord, what is actually my role in this? And it's actually a very complicated issue. And and I have a prop for this point. Yeah. Elijah Rising. Um, <laughs> this is a really old picture. And mind you, I'm not in this. Micah isn't in this. Um, hopefully you can see this. And maybe you can zoom in. Yeah, we'll we, zoom in. We'll figure out something. We'll post it somewhere else. Elijah Rising began as a group of people who just prayed together. Um, it wasn't trying to be this big movement. We sure as heck weren't trying to open a safe home um, or an 85-acre complex of yeah. safe homes and opportunities there. But, um, that's how we started. And this is really important to us. So I'll put this proper way, but if you notice Adam Cheney is actually in this photograph with his wife, Krista and some others that begin as a prayer meeting. Um, and it's not only about like praying to slow down or praying to change your reaction, but praying to have access to hope, yeah. access to who the Lord is and, um, asking him what your strategy should be moving forward. Yeah, so we we entered kind of a season of prayer, and I, at the time I was leading young adults, so I had all these kind of college age students, and so uh, we came together and we had a prayer meeting, and one of the ideas that came out of the prayer meeting was let's do a documentary screening at a local movie theater. Mm -hmm. So we contacted the Star Cinema, we had a connection with the owner, and um, they basically let us use the place free of charge, and so we just like hung out at colleges and like passed out these flyers and we tried yes. to get, you know, like hundreds of people. Y'all put it come. on Eventbrite, which brought in Eventbrite. some strangers yeah. that were just like, I don't know. I saw a documentary screening. <laughs> and this is, this is also step two. So number one, we've talked about prayer, um, super important individually and corporately, um, which is a continue, the, uh, the, the steps will continue through your, your journey. Step two is to get educated. We hosted, you hosted this, um, opportunity for people to see a documentary, to learn about the issue, to learn about the complexities of the issue and to see how sex trafficking and prostitution are really interweaved. Um, and to understand kind of why people will fight both instead of just one. Yeah. And that was actually one of the bigger roadblocks for me is, We'd done the awareness thing, and then I was like, okay, well, I want to go check out Intervention and see what that's like so I can, you know, bring my group to Intervention. And so when I went to Intervention, I realized, like, I'm not welcome at these places. I'm, I'm offering, you know, a hotline. Which if you don't and, know what Intervention is, it's when we go out to places where women are being trafficked. Um, sometimes it's at uh, illegal massage parlors, illegal cantina bars that are trafficking women on the street where women are being trafficked and inside of strip clubs. Um, we, we don't let men inside our outreach men inside the strip clubs, but that's kind of what he's referring to. So, yeah. And so my idea, I going into it, I had thought people were going to be like, yes, I need help. And we were going into these places and, you know, we we're continually getting shut out and, the women were saying like that everything's fine. We're, we're happy to be here. I'm making mm -hmm. tons of money. And so that was a roadblock for me. Cause I was like, well, why am I going if you don't want me to be here? And you know, this is your choice and you know, I'm not here to force you to, to change your life kind of thing. Yeah. And, but when I began to sit down and have conversations with these women in the cantinas, I began to realize that, they really didn't have many options. That's right. 
And so I remember talking to a woman and she was like in a, a uh, domestic violence situation where her husband abused her physically. And then she had children and she got kicked out of the house. And this was her only way to support her kids. And so I began to hear, hear more and more stories like that. And as I began to go on intervention, I began to realize, oh, these women don't know what trafficking is. And they have no idea that they've been coerced or even forced or frauded into this position. Yeah. And a lot of people refer to as a survival prostitution. So they have a choice between um, not feeding their kids or being in prostitution, which involves an um, immense amount of physical harm, emotional harm um, in ways that I can't in a brutality that I can't describe um, that does justice to how intensely difficult those situations can be. Um, and it's like, that's not a choice. It's a, it's a product of a lack of choice. And when you try to, when someone has just learned about sex trafficking and which is one of the reasons why we made this podcast, it's like, how do you explain what they're seeing? Um, how do you explain complex trauma and PTSD? It's a huge issue. And it's also something that, I mean, I've been, um, doing this for seven years and like, I'm still learning every single day. There's yeah. so much more that I don't know because it's not just about, oh, here's the the formula X, Y, Z. It's about a world of exploitation and, and different people with different traumas and different stories. And it is person to person. So you have to get educated and you have to learn. And one thing I think too, is people, they want to know, how do we fix this? How, what do we do? What do we yeah. do? Um, aggressively, like what's the answer? And it's not that simple. That's like, I mean, these complex issues can't just be fixed by money and some attention. Like they have to be um, slowly, systematically. (laughs) And at the end of the day, we know that Christ (laughs) is the answer. The kingdom is the answer. People adopting, adopting the widow and the orphan and covering those who are vulnerable. It's, it's such a bigger thing that we need to know. So understanding the issue is it creates empathy, it creates compassion, and it helps you like have a grid for like what you're seeing when you're on outreach, when we're raising money for survivor care. It makes those things make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And I think that's why people maybe feel overwhelmed when they begin to get involved with this issue is that they begin to kind of dissect all the layers to it. And now it's no longer like, well, we just need to do this one thing. We just need to open safe homes and then we'll end trafficking. Yeah. And as you begin to peel back the layers, you begin to see more and more pieces that need to be filled more. There's more gaps Yeah. and you begin to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. You begin to feel overwhelmed. And there's also too, with how deep and dark, um, this issue is, you can also fall into what I would call an investigation rabbit hole, which is mm. not a healthy place. That's good. Um, I have fallen into it and it actually created a really intense like trauma response in me where I was like obsessed with digging deeper to finding out links between back page ads to find out what pimps were selling, what girls and what Instagram accounts and kind of the quote unquote conspiracies of which like some things are real. Like there is organized crime. There is those things, but you have to get to the point of saying, is this helping me understand the issue or is this scratching some weird self-righteous predatory type itch that I have to feel like I'm making an impact. And some people are like, that's their, that's their, 
their calling is to be like a PI, to work with law enforcement, to be an investigative journalism, but we're not all called to that. And if you go, if you jump into that thinking like, I'm obsessed with the information, I got to get the truth out. Um, it, it can be really damaging to your mental health. And sometimes you can find that you're giving all this energy to something that's not helping anyone. It's not yeah. information that can be used in court. It's not information that's freeing anybody. So I, I always warn people, like, don't fall too far down the rabbit hole because we want to make impact. And I think that's kind of the next thing is you, you, you're going to pray going to get involved and now, or sorry, you're going to get educated. Then you want to get involved and find out what are your gifts? What are in your sphere of influence that you have that you can offer to this issue? Yeah. And I think a big kind of moment that we want to just kind of create is that you don't, you don't have to start a nonprofit and we'd it doesn't have to be a ministry. <laughs> that you didn't start a nonprofit. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It doesn't have to be a ministry. Um, you can bring the fight to secular spaces. We partner with so many businesses. And in fact, we need so many businesses to come alongside. And um, so, you know, don't feel like you have to like give up your well-paying job to, you know, go start a nonprofit to make an impact. And some people are called to that. And the only thing I would warn is a lot of people say, well, the way to do it is to start a nonprofit. Then you have nonprofit management, like the amount of work that it takes to like make sure you're reporting and you're taxing and you're all the, all the administrative things is so much. If you don't need it, a lot of you have a heart to maybe start a ministry. Well, your church is a 501c3. All you have to do is, is use your church as a platform. Um, and then you can receive donations for what you need through there. And then they can get ta- like, there's ways to do it underneath other people's missions or joining a nonprofit that already exists, um, or a collaborative that exists or finding that I, I always have this, like one story that cracks me up is that printers, and a printer salesman. Yeah. We, we know three different companies that sell printers. Yeah, I just realized that. Ink and toner, and they have dramatically helped our organization. Number one, Secor, they are actually a nonprofit printer company that sells ink to help save lives. Number two is, um, and these are free shout outs. You could be a sponsor yeah. to our podcast, but these people are getting Document free. Works. Yeah. Uh, Document Works with Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Who they help us with printed materials for our program. They help us with all kinds of printed everything. We, and we have a printer from them. And then Neurolog, which, oh my God, Neurolog, amazing company. Incredible. has given us like free, like thousands of dollars worth, worth of free labels and an actual printer itself and then replace the printer for our candle labels so that we don't have to pay for labeling in general. So that's like a, such a niche skill that w- someone would think, well, I sell printers. I'm the Dunder Mifflin of companies. Like what can I do to help? And so don't, don't belittle that because those people have helped us drastically. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're, maybe you're at work right now and you're working at a desk and you're thinking, man, I wish I was just like Sam and David, like they're fighting trafficking and doing all this really cool stuff. Like in your space, you can make an incredible impact. Yeah, you could. And we're just going to rattle off some ideas. We'll have a session. We call this burstiness. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're just going to make some room. Like if you work for an HR company, you can help people write policies for zero tolerance um, to say, you know, our company will not support um, the sex industry through entertainment for our clients. We've seen that with oil and gas companies. If you are a teacher, you can initiate education and prevention programs within your within your schools. 
Yeah, if you um, manage apartments, you can, you know, consider leasing to women who have survived trafficking who have records, you know, prostitution. Rate. Yeah, at a reduced rate. Yeah, if you work at any kind of child care, providing a child, affordable child care for single moms who are survivors of human trafficking. Um, if you're any kind of professional um, who, that would consider hiring survivors as well as mentoring them in your trade, in real estate, in, you know, accounting, finance, I mean, anything, literally anything. There's women who have so many different dreams that we're always looking for people to connect them with that have been in that industry. Yeah. If you sell used cars and you have some cars that you we, can donate to women yeah. who are graduating restoration programs. Elijah Rising always needs cars. <laughs> we always need, we always need that Corolla that you're trying to upgrade from. Give it to us and get yourself a Range Rover. You deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it. If you're a marketing agency and you have a local nonprofit near you, you know, maybe your employees could volunteer some of their time to help develop a marketing strategy for a nonprofit. That was very pointed, David. Are you asking for a marketing company? Come yes, we're always, always, we're always accepting help. Yeah. And, and so there's so many different ways. So don't belittle what gifts you have, you know, and, and one of my favorite things is someone says, well, I'm just a stay at home mom. Like, what could I do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a, you're a mom. Like before I had children, I used to tell people, I, I taught the first grade for three months, three months. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. <laughs> and I remember the rage and the fury that was thrown at me when I didn't turn in their first graders homework on hedgehogs to tell them that they, what grade they got. And I'm like, man, that protective loving, like intensity. If we have that within us, we can do anything moms. And we so have so many testimonies of like these little moms prayer groups getting started. Like and four like, people, five yeah, people. Completely changing the landscape of, of their communities as far as like where brothels are being shut down and, and women are actually being helped and even helping like take care of the children. Yes. Like, it's huge. So do not belittle what you have and where you're at. Okay. We're going to take a brief break, but after this, we're going to continue talking about what you found out about sex trafficking. Now what see in a moment. You are cordially invited to the Elijah rising gala on Saturday, October 17th. We are honored to once again collaborate with AD Players to bring you a powerful theatrical production. This year, things are gonna be a little different. Since we can't go to the theater, we're bringing the theater to your home. Virtual tables and individual tickets are on sale at ElijahRising.org and will include a digital access pass for the one night only live event. October 17th will be the premiere of a brand new collection of monologues based entirely on testimonies and experiences from our partnership with you to end sex trafficking. Our hope is to connect you with the work that you empower because we're seeing so many moments of community mobilization, safe housing, and therapeutic care. However, we believe there are so many more to come, which is why we need your support now more than ever. We look forward to sharing these powerful stories and testimonies with you as we continue the work of ending sex trafficking through prayer, awareness, intervention, and restoration. Welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. Um, again, it's not your host, Adam Cheney, but I do want to say <laughs> that I, I did bring a picture of Adam because we miss him so much. Yeah, this is our uh, special shout out. Special shout out to Adam Cheney, our wonderful host founding member of Elijah Rising. We found this picture on his mom's Facebook <laughs> <laughs> and we put it in this frame and he's going to hate us so much for this. Um, 
We're just going to leave him right here for the rest of this. So what we were talking about is you found out about sex. distracting, actually. (laughs) Yeah, let's take it down. He's just so handsome in that picture. (laughs) We don't want people to forget what we're talking about. Okay. You found out about sex trafficking. What do you do then? Been talking about getting involved. Um, One thing I wanted to mention was that when I first got, I mean, how... Have you been seeing like a ton of social media posts about sex trafficking? Yeah, and we've been getting so many calls. I think our phone is like ringing every hour, you know, yeah. with people that are, you know, they have questions and they just heard about it from a friend. They saw it on Instagram. Saw it on Instagram. Saw it on Facebook. Yeah, even in the news. Yeah, and I I remember when I first got involved, like first like 20-year-old Sam f- trying to fight sex trafficking, doing a lot of outreach. I was very judgmental and maybe you felt this you, the audience, have felt this way before. You kind of see someone post like a red X on their hand or share a video and you think, well, what are you doing? You're just sharing, you're just tweeting about it. You're just Instagramming about it. That's so, that's, you're not making a change. That doesn't help anyone. And I find that that's really, um, it's kind of a harmful thing to say because it's actually raising awareness and like anybody getting involved, everyone has a sphere of influence. If they're going to use a little bit of it to shine a light on human trafficking, good for them. And we shouldn't like downplay that, right? Yeah. And we, we really have a long ways to go in educating kind of the public about what sex trafficking it is. And for some people, I mean, they might not have ever even heard the term. There are still a lot of people who have no idea what sex trafficking is, or at least the extent in which sex trafficking happens, especially like in their neighborhoods. So if your first step into it is just sharing with your sphere of influence, an Elijah Rising podcast like this one, then that's a great first step because that's something that you have that you can offer. It helps us and it raises awareness. And what could happen is you could share this podcast with a friend um, that maybe is looking for somewhere to to plug in or somewhere to donate. And then they could go and support survivor care. And you used your sphere maybe where you weren't able to, and it can affect change. So it does do something and we shouldn't judge, you know, how deep someone gets involved versus how little someone gets involved. Cause at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the kind of main points is, um, just, just show up and be willing to help where need. That was one thing for me, getting involved. There were so many different avenues I could go down. Like, do I want to help with leading van tours? Did I want to help with intervention? Did Mm -hmm. I want to help with prayer and worship? And, um, I just began to show up and help out wherever needed. I remember getting an email saying that Elijah Rising is purchasing this 84 acre Mm -hmm. campus out in the middle of nowhere, which just happened to be like 15 minutes from where I lived. And so I was like, well, this is like right in my neighborhood. So I'm just going to go volunteer and help out wherever they right. needed. So I actually started gardening in the, you did a the, lot I worked of in things. the garden. <laughs> you gardened and you painted. Painted. Yeah. We actually, um, I got my church together and we raised money to fix one of the roofs. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, um, I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it was one of the first like construction projects on the property. Yeah. And I mean, you picked up a paintbrush. You were willing, you, you helped fix a fence with us, um, with, yeah. And, and that's a huge, huge blessing is someone just says, you know what, I'm willing to help. And sometimes you need to just get involved, pick up a paintbrush, pick up a broom, fold a t-shirt, um, 
in the short term so that you can jump in and see where you could plug in. You know, and right now, if you're watching this in the future, this was recorded right August uh, the 19th. 19th. And we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic and our volunteer opportunities are are extremely limited. Um, So our volunteers are being very patient, but you just kind of got to plug in sometimes and, and some roles will take more training. Some will take less, but the main thing is just to be willing to be teachable and to show up. Yeah. And, and what I love about Elijah rising is we're really here to create on ramps for people to get involved. So, you know, on our website, we have different volunteer listings, but at the same time, we have people that call us or that come to our office and they say like, you know, I want to help at maybe at, a bigger capacity than just volunteering every now yeah. and then. Like um, we had someone who was like a statistician come in and just help us. Like I say, I'm here to volunteer my time. You know, mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. when can I come in every week? We've had interns come in and say, well, it starts out by um, coming in and working two days out of the week. And then by the end of their internship, they were here five days a week because they just kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> become and, very passionate and, and yeah. enjoy and working with our team. So we've hired a lot of interns in the past that have come and then just never left. Um, Brittany Throckmorton is one of those. <laughs> yeah. And our, and our intervention site leaders are yeah. volunteers. Oh my gosh. We have the most amazing group of people who, um, they in their area have hosted a site where we invite volunteers to then go and do outreach. Um, and so just to name a few, we have Tiffany, Kathy, Kathy T, Kathy, we have Kathy in, Kathy a lot T, of Kathy's. we have Alicia, we have Melissa, we have Taylor, Christian, Ashley, Mike, and then Saytel, um, and the entire team at Tascacita. That's a new one that's in, in we're starting site. Spring, Northwest, Atascacita, League City, Baytown, and then of course Bob Wicker, Houston, um, Chelsea. We have a ton of people that have just given their lives to once a month host a space where people could come, new volunteers could come and go do outreach. And it's incredible to see with just willingness and time. Um, like Taylor Martinez, she is an incredible incredible woman of God. She actually, um, facilitates a lot of the exits of women who call the hotline in Houston. Um, she started out, she just walked into the Elijah rising doors one day and she goes, Hey, I heard that there's a super bowl awareness thing and you are going to spray paint chalk signs, (laughs) which someone got a ticket for, but you know, we're learning too. (laughs) We're not going to mention that. And, um, that's how she started and she just kept volunteering. And now she's like one of the most integral parts of the whole abolitionist local Houston, like anti-sex trafficking movement. Yeah. And that's just how it starts. She showed up. You just got to show up either virtually or in person. Yeah. And I think just kind of the final thing to wrap up is realize that, this, there's not just one solution to this and yeah. that it's going to take our entire lifetime yeah. of being committed to fighting injustice yeah. and creating protections and creating um, opportunities for the most vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes your mission in life is just for the one. Yeah. It's just that you see one person get touched and or get free and or or start a journey to freedom because freedom is a journey it's rescue isn't a moment it's a it's a lifetime journey um and in that that's one of the final ways that you can get involved is to support survivor care support organizations that do direct services to women men children who've been affected by sex trafficking because if we solved trafficking today we would be we would be 
overwhelmed with the amount of people who just need care for restoration. And that's what we're trying to build out and other organizations are trying to build out. So when you become a monthly donor, when you say, hey, you know what, once a month, I'm not going to buy a coffee or once a month, I'm going to subscribe. You have a a candle subscription service. I'm going to subscribe and get a new candle every month. Like how fun and easy is that? But you're putting, you're adding fuel to the fire that is like survivor care. Um, So those things are really important. And of course we want you to get involved, but that's, that's a huge way. And we shouldn't downplay that. Um, we always talk about like the good Samaritan Yeah, that he actually didn't take care of the person who was injured and been robbed. He actually supported financially their yeah, care. Funded he, it. Yeah. He funded it. He put them in a hotel and said, Hey, whatever they need, like I will cover their restoration. And so that's what we see a lot of our donors doing. Yeah. And so, um, if you're listening to this podcast, we did provide kind of a next step resource for you guys. If you go to elijahrising.org slash blog, um, this podcast is going to be in a kind of a blog format. Um, but we also have a free resource that you can download. So we've compiled some books that we think are essential reading. If Mm -hmm. you're getting involved in anti-trafficking work or, you know, you just found out about sex trafficking, you're like, okay, what do I do next? obviously education is the first step. And so we provided a really just kind of simple list of books that you can begin reading. Yeah. And then share this with your friends. You've seen them, maybe you've seen them post and be like, how can I get involved? What can I do? This podcast is a great starting point. So thank you so much for staying with us and listening. If you're here in the end, make sure you like this video. It helps YouTube know that this is good content that they should share it with other people. Comment down below what you think and questions that you might have to say, Hey, y'all said this, but what about X, Y, and Z? We'd love to respond to you. And wherever you're listening to us, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And, uh, thank you so much for being with us and we'll check you next time.